It's time for the truth, and you know you deserve to hear it. Are you ready to hear about world news without the politically correct spin? Are you ready to listen to important national issues that affect you? Are you looking for that extra piece of information to get a deeper look into what is going on in this world? Then stay tuned because the conservative voice is about to begin. And here's your host, Alex Molusky. I'm Alex Molusky. And it's not barbecues, it's not hot dogs, it's not hamburgers. It's not why we get together this weekend. That's not why we get a day off on Monday. It's not what allows me to be here. That's not what allows all of us to be here. I could rant and rave for the next hour. I could just share my opinion, but I think I would like to share an article, an essay, life experience written by Rear Admiral of the U.S. Navy, John Kirby, retired. I like it. I like what he wrote because it speaks volumes regarding those that gave all and all that gave some. It's important that we never forget it. It's important that we always take the time to remember those who have been in service of this great nation, for those that have protected our rights, those that have secured our rights, those that have protected the symbol of our great nation, our flag, and all that goes with it. The old man said he didn't do anything I only half believed him. People of his generation say that all the time, especially when they talk about their service. That's one of the reasons we call them the greatest generation. It's not just because they won World War II. It's because even in the most ultimate of victories, they remained humble. Anyway, the old man kept saying it over and over. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. And then he wept. Openly. Valiantly. And then he said it again. I didn't do anything. And I stood over him, all decked out in my blue, my dress uniform, ashamed for the first time to be wearing it. I'd been invited back to my hometown of St. Petersburg, Florida in the spring of 2013 to give a speech. And I wanted to stop by the local veterans hospital to pay my respects. But who in the heck was I to be in his presence? What could I possibly say to such a man? Here he was at the end of his life, dying and ready to go. I might add a hero. A man who landed at Anzio and with the 179th Regiment of the 45th Army Division. A man who, by his own account, 
spent 91 consecutive days in combat. A man who, along with his unit, pushed on past that deadly beachhead at Anzio into the winter of 1944 and eventually took Rome back from the Germans. A man who proudly, no, reverently, showed me the picture of a beautiful young woman who he knew he would marry even before he knew her name. And she was a beauty too, let me tell you. Her name was Shirley and she was a nurse. I joked a little, asking how in the world could a homely guy like him score such a babe? The truth is he was still a fine and handsome man, even as he lay in that hospital bed. The years had furrowed lines across his cheeks, but they hadn't dimmed those blue eyes. They hadn't stolen his charm. He reminded me a little bit of screen legend Richard Widmark. A movie critic once called Widmark a man of unconventional good looks who boasted a chiseled face, all angles and shadows. That was this old man, too. The blonde hair had grayed, but he still had a chiseled face. There wasn't any doubt in my mind how he won over Shirley's heart. He must have bowled her over. Anyway, the old man shrugged and giggled and said as honestly as I think anyone could say that he had no idea how he won Shirley's heart. He just knew that she was the one. And he handed that little metal picture frame to me like it was gold like it was her. Here he was, a man, a dying man, whose proudest achievement in life, he told me, was the life he and that gorgeous young nurse gave their kids. He had helped set Italy free, helped free the world of Nazi tyranny. But the biggest legacy he believed he was leaving behind was his children. There's a lesson there, I reckon. Perhaps we not ought to strive for lives of success, but rather lives of value. And it has to start with what you actually do value. The, only ma the, the old man, he valued love and loyalty and duty. He didn't say that to me, of course. He wouldn't stoop to say such a thing not someone of his generation. Those things were simply expected. They were the norm. They were the things that got you through the sheer terror that was combat. Anzio. I didn't do anything. Well, he survived Anzio, and that was surely something. If you haven't read up on Anzio, you should. The battle was a bloodbath, hell itself, according to one soldier in the old man's regiment. The whole idea was to conduct an amphibious landing on the Italian western shore, outflank German forces there, and then attack Rome. The success of a landing at that location in a basin that was basically reclaimed marshland and surrounded by mountains depended on the element of surprise. Any delay at all would result in German occupation of the mountains and the allied entrapment down below. 
And that's exactly what happened. Week after bloody week, the German army pounded away at Allied troops stuck in the basin with nowhere to hide. The shelling and the bombing were relentless. It was said that any man who claimed he had been around Anzio two days without having a shell hit within 100 yards of him was just bragging. Sometimes you hear the shell whine after you've heard it explode. Sometimes you hear it whine and it never explodes, wrote Ernie Pyle of the battle. But I found out one thing here that's just the same as anywhere else. That old weakness in the joints when they get to landing close, your elbows get flabby and you breathe in little short jerks, your chest feels empty and you're too excited to do anything but hope. I'm certain there were many days and nights and in-betweens when Charles Neese, private U.S. Army, was too excited to do anything but hope. My guess is that he simply willed himself onward, driven not by some sort of superhuman courage, but by the fear of letting down his buddies, of failing in his duty. can't imagine that he ever did fail, though. A disappearing generation. Charlie Neese died a few days after I visited him in the hospital back in 2013. He was 87 years old. His children were able to see him off before he met back up with Shirley, the only nurse he really wanted to see. We're losing what's left of our World War II veterans at a very fast clip these days. According to the Department of Veterans Affairs, fewer than half a million of the 16 million Americans that served during the war were alive in 2018. It's important for us to remember them and their stories. It's important for us to put a human face on history, to remember that once a long time ago, they were young and scared and brave and in love. I, I know that Memorial Day honors those that were killed on the battlefield and Private Neese surely wasn't, though many of his friends surely were. And yet, right around this time of year, I can't help but think about him. The more I do, the more I think he was right after all. He didn't do anything. He did everything. Everything a man could hope to do with his life and still call himself a man. And we are all richer, whether we know it or not, whether we choose to appreciate it or not, for having had people like him walk the earth. It seems like one heck of a memorial to me. This is for Cousin Alan, as we called him, who was there at Anzio. who was under that relentless bombing from the Germans, who came home. This is for you.
this story. This is for all of our fine men and women who have served this country so valiantly. We are blessed to have had you as our own. God bless you and yours. God bless you for having protected this greatest nation on God's green earth. Go out this week, folks. Have your barbecues. But remember, remember those who give and all, and be thankful. Don't touch that dial. Alex will be right back. You're listening to The Alex Molesky Show. Welcome back to the show, folks. I'm your host, Alex Molesky. So grateful to have you here with us. So grateful to be alive in this wonderful world. Uh, Folks, I hope you are having a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. I hope you never, ever, ever... Forget those that have made the ultimate sacrifice for our country. I hope you all spend the time to do what is right. To not only enjoy your barbecue, but think strongly, pray strongly for those that have served us and those that have given all and understand those that weren't able to come back and enjoy and partake. We never leave anybody behind. We should never forget them either. I find it very interesting in this this, this week of thankfulness and understanding that I actually, you know, every once in a while there's presidents that do things right. And I, I, I might talk about this in this next segment. I don't mean presidents that do things right, but elected official and politicians that might be from the different other side of the aisle that I actually... I'm thankful for things that they've done. In regards to Memorial Day, I might even share one thing that President Clinton did back in the 90s that I respect. Passed it into law, a request. Passed it into as a request that every Memorial Day at 3 p.m., wherever you are at your 3 p.m., that you pause for a moment of silence for those that have given all. For the one or the many or the all of the one million from the Revolutionary War through today that have given their lives for our country, for all that it represents. Yeah. Yeah. I pause much more often than 3 p.m. on Memorial Days for one minute. I'm sure many of my listeners do, too. I am sure that many people on both, all sides of the aisle do. I took the time when I was in D.C. last week, and you might notice if you're watching my show that I'm not in D.C. this week, even though you wouldn't have known because when I was in D.C., I was filming from a, well, Undisclosed location in the D.C. area because I was meeting up with lots of people that I will share with you a bit of in the next segment. But 
I was going around to congressional offices and meeting with representatives from the state of Arizona and other states and other locations and handing off my contract with America's veterans and their families. Now, the contract is pertinent always. I want you to go read it all at cav.vet, C-A-V.vet. I was told that I needed to update my all rights reserved at the bottom, the copyright for 2016. No, I'm leaving 2016 because copyrights are good for at least 70 years past the death of those that have created the copyright. So we're good for at least 70 years, right, folks? I'd say so. I'm still alive. Um, one thing that I had on here that I'm trying to find right now, I want to read it about. Um, there's so many great things that I am in support of here on my contract. Some of them have already been really taken root. Some of them I can almost ignore. But one thing in regard, a couple things, those in regards to those that have given all, uh, when you've given all, you're gone. You've gone to meet your maker. And as a veteran, I think you've got a hands up on a lot of people or one, I should say, that has served and have given all when you reach those pearly gates. But there are some things here in the contract that I hope you support and that I hand it off to our representatives. That includes to complete a full and independent review of insurance benefits, disability benefits, and compensation. That's important, folks. I want them to complete a list of chemicals, toxins, and their effects on exposed veterans, including known effects to veterans, spouses, and children up to five generations after exposure and damage to a veteran's DNA. Why not? Why not? I say, why wouldn't we? There are many other things that are involved here in the veterans contracts, including benefits in regards to, you know, insurance, life insurance, medical records, red tape, and as I'm visiting the Veteran Cemetery this weekend at my own time, visiting a site that I might talk about at some other time, one particular gravestone. I want to make sure that burial and memorial benefits and cost analysis of maintaining cemeteries in Arizona around the United States are met. I want to make sure that our family members that are trying to work through benefits and burials don't hit the red tape, don't hit the snags when they need it most. There's so much, and I am grateful to the offices, to the congressmen, the people I met with, and to their staffers that took my words seriously and took my contract I'm still waiting for them to be signed and sent back. I know it's sometimes tough reaching out and getting you all, but I appreciate the reception I got when I was in D.C. I encourage you to reach out to all of your representatives. They listen to you a lot more if you live in their areas. So if you're from Arizona, 
reach out to your congressional representative. If you're in another state, same thing. Reach out to all your U.S. senators in your state. That means both of them, even if you don't think they're doing a good job. Um, reach out to them. Reach across the typical aisle. It doesn't need to be aisle-oriented. I know a lot of times when I talk to my representatives that I want to support, like when I went in in Arizona, I stopped by Lesko's office. I stopped by Gosar's office. I saw Schweikert and Gosar and had to reschedule with Biggs just due to timing, but still, I think, stopped by. Um, I also stopped by other offices when I saw them. I even stopped by Raul Grijalva's office because if he can't support our veterans and our families, then I don't know what's going on. I stopped by cinemas. Spent time at McSally's office, but I even stopped by cinemas because you know what? I know she supported our veterans in the past. It's imperative. It's imperative. It's imperative, imperative that we never, ever forget those that have given all, but those that have given some must have their due. And I'll say it again and again and again until I'm out of breath, until I take my last breath. I don't want them coming back used and potentially abused, but used. Do not say they have not been used. They have been used in service of this great nation. But then they return, if they are in need of something that has been, that has affected them based upon our use of their service, it's our job to get it to them, not to have them beg for it. Visit cab.vet. We're going to break. I'll be back after you're listening to the Alex Molesky show if you are listening to the show right now I encourage you to go to molesky.com and scroll under events or you can just go to Apple and under podcast, type in Alex Molusky, or you can go to SoundCloud if you just want to hear me and go to type in Alex Molusky, or if you want to see the video when it first gets popped up, this is video, folks. Alex Molusky, go under events, or when it first pops up, I put it under Raintree Media Group. Type in Raintree TV or Raintree Media Group, you will see it. But I share it on my Alex Molusky Facebook page. I encourage you to go to that page and like it and get involved with commenting or sharing stories or even cartoons I put up there. But if you want to see the video, I think you'd enjoy it. You get to see me drink water. I usually drink water with my right hand because it's just proper etiquette when you're somewhere. But as you can see, I'm a southpaw, so I tilt the bottle upside down of a water that I like, Alkaline 88. Uh, I've been doing a lot of work here in Arizona, folks. I've been doing a lot of work around the country and the world. I'm hoping to help bring um, good, clean water to uh, Third World Nation I've been working on a project with, and I've been working with voting machines. I've been working with voting machines, and, and I've been working in particular with one company, Vortex Blockchain Technologies, which you can check out at vortexblockchain.com. Our first product out the gate, and I'm working with the marketing division of this company, is voting machines. That can't be hacked. How's that? Novel idea, huh? Trust me, there is interest around the country. I told you I was in D.C. this past week, right, at undisclosed locations. I also told you to check out the video. Why? 
We didn't tape this week, but trust me, folks, I put up a lot of good pictures from my trip, some retro pics from when I was a kid or when I graduated from college or when I was camping or maybe when I was uh, talking about our Second Amendment and I was exercising that right. But anyway, I digress. I want to get back to D.C. and the excitement on these voting machines. Folks, there was not one representative in different states that I spoke to that did not seem very interested and excited about voting machines. Why? Uh, Arizona, you live here? I'm going to say it. Other people have said it. I've said it here on the, on the show that I believe we might have been cheated out of races. And, uh, and, and I'll tell you what, I believe we were. 85% of Americans do not trust the voting system because votes can be stolen or added or created, marginalized. Think about it. Think about it. If you are a serving member in our armed forces and you're overseas, your vote is usually considered provisional. It's a military ballot. It comes in late. It doesn't get counted early. Well, our voting system would be counted right away, wouldn't it? Because it's a secure system you can vote on using your phone. Your smartphone. Yeah. Uh, what does this also do, aside from getting the votes right off the bat and giving those that are serving our country a right to see their votes counted early and counted, not thrown into provisional where it usually doesn't seem to matter and they usually don't count them because the race is too far apart for those votes to matter. No. Uh, allows them to know that their vote is needed right away. Just as we need them to defend us, we need them to defend our votes and our rights which include one of the greatest protections under our, 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 in our government is our, our right to vote. I mean, what a tremendous honor we have to vote. So that's one thing. Another thing is provisional ballots. Eh, they might still come in late, but we'd know them. They couldn't be cheated. We wouldn't have any random ones showing up late. We wouldn't have some that are just marked off and thrown in a corner and then added later. Wouldn't have 600,000 votes added like we did in Arizona later. Folks, the voting system is a mess. It is a mess. I was actually just talking with our former Secretary of State, Michelle Reagan, and uh, while she didn't say it, she understood we had some problems still, and she's very in tune with tech. And I'd mind you to please recall the great things she did in regards to modernizing our systems in Arizona, not only bringing us 25 years up to date, but maybe taking us ahead of the curve with other states. And she continues our great work, uh, her great work of modernizing things, but not just on a state level, but on a national level. Um, I, I've, I've put in an offer recently to have her on the show. I've so recently, I've got to wait for her to reply, but I would have loved to have had her on this week. But that's somebody who really gets it, really gets it. And uh, I hope we appreciate a lot of things she did for the great state of Arizona. But moving forward, uh, lots of excitement on the things we're doing here. And I want you to stay tuned. We're going to come back after breaks, and I will uh, talk a little more about it. Stay tuned for more with Alex.
You're listening to The Alex Molesky Show. Welcome back to the show, folks. I am your host, Alex Molesky. Here on The Alex Molesky Show, you can find the show at, well, typing in at Facebook, type in Alex Molesky, and you'll friend me on Facebook or follow the page, and then you see me post the show every week there. You can also go to Apple iTunes and type in Alex Molesky. You can type it in at SoundCloud, but that's just the audio. You want the video with it. I mean, check out this lovely olive shirt I'm wearing this week. Yeah, I know. But you get to see my expressions, folks. I am very, apparently very expressive with my uh, facial movement. (laughs) Obviously, I can't speak right now, but you can see me uh, making odd faces at my... uh, digressions in vocabulary or lack of. So anyway, I encourage you to follow that. I encourage you to also uh, check out some things that I've been involved in. Uh, I told you I went to D.C. last week and I was heavily involved with CAV, our veterans, CAV.vet. And also one of the things they secure are voting. I want you to check out vortexblockchain.com. That is secure voting machines. Very interestingly, (laughs) we have a lot of people that just tend to be Republicans that want to support blockchain voting, secure voting, but we have a country of 85% don't trust the voting system and less than 50% of the country is Republican or Democrat. So it just tells you most people don't like our current voting systems. Got a lot of things going on with that. Have a lot of representatives that aren't in control of the voting machines, but are very excited about it. Why do I say they're not in control of the voting machines? Because each state is different. I'm not going to tell you how. I'm not going to get down to the logistics of how boring it is, but it's actually one of the inside scoops of why my company is more positioned to sell our product than others are because we know who's in charge of buying these systems. And we have relationships that we've worked with lots of years of trust with these people that want to secure a working good system. But Trust me, the product we sell is going to work. (laughs) It works, otherwise they won't buy it. And we'll be able to prove that too. How's that? Anyway, moving on, talking about those on each side of the aisle that would want to buy this. Trust me, they will. They'd want to do it because it's the right thing. But even if they didn't, they'd want to do because they don't trust the system and know that somebody's going to be able to come up with a better mousetrap to steal votes going forward. So what do I want to talk about now? I want to talk about politicians. That'll surprise you, some of the things they say or do. I talked about in the first segment about President Clinton and how he made in the 90s a law, a requesting law, not a making law, but a request law. It's a law that requests that everybody, and I encourage you to do this, and request that you do it on Monday at 3 p.m., wherever you may be in this world. It's the 27th. It's Monday. It's Memorial Day. Take a minute at 3 o'clock and just zip it. Zip it and concentrate on those that have given all to this country. That was a good one, Billy. President Clinton. Barack Hussein Obama. I just told you about blockchain. Well, I'm not saying... President Obama even knew what blockchain was at the time. I'm not saying he was into that or cryptos or anything like that. But what he did do for 
publicly traded companies that were startups is he allowed them, whereas it wasn't allowed to do before, you weren't allowed to do a crowdfunding raise. Now, how is this interesting? A lot of times when you're private, but you're a pubco, but you're doing private raises, you have to have a certain requirement for people that are, that are trying to do a raise from people that are not accredited. In other words, if you're gonna invest in a private company, uh, a certain amount of money, you need to be an accredited investor. In other words, somebody that a public raise in a public company, <laughs> am I confusing you? You have to have a net worth of over a million dollars or make over a quarter of a million dollars a year. In a crowdfunding, the president allowed via crowdfunding for people to raise up to $1,070,000 um, through smaller raises. So you didn't have to be accredited and you could do it that way for your pubco. I thought that was very, very interesting. So allow somebody to say, I can get in with a stake for $1,000, not a minimal investment of, of 10000 which is usually a minimum of uh, a lot of uh, raises. Usually for us, we like to go for 100000 but this allowed people to raise differently. If you're interested, um, it's not in the works yet, but you could invest a dollar or a hundred. And it's just a neat way to get involved in a startup type company. But I'm not going to get too into it, but Obama did that. That was something positive for our company, more for the buzz than anything else, because we have large investors coming in. But we wanted for some of our friends that didn't have the money to get involved at a larger scale to say, you know what? I'm going to buy a hundred shares for a dollar. You want to know more about it? We'll post it once we start it, probably in early June. And that will be at vortexblockchain.com. You'll find the link to it via there. I promise you we'll put it up there. I'll make sure we put it up. But you can find it there. So that's just one thing that Obama did. Wow. Interesting, right? I talk about it quite a bit that most every president will have done something that helps the people, helps the free market, even if you don't think they're that kind of a guy or gal. Today, I'm taking the time to talk about the ones that are different, the ones that usually are not on the right side of the aisle in my mind, but get it right. Um, how about we talk about Nancy Pelosi? Yeah, typically getting it wrong. Filthy rich woman who never made over $200,000 in her congressional career, but still worth millions upon millions. Gee, is that insider trading or uh, pushing her husband into good board positions and good seats? <laughs> Don't know. Yeah, we know. It's shady. But you remember what she said the other week? She has no interest in trying to impeach President Trump or looking into that right now. And uh, good thing. You want to know why? There's nothing there. What do you impeach him on? You can only impeach him upon behavior as a president. And even so, before then, most of this is just speculative, or is he the kind of guy that you like because you don't like some of the things he's done or said, or maybe that he's been married a few times, or maybe didn't serve our country uh, by signing up. Uh, folks, as I've said plenty of times on my show, and I'll say it again, 
Why? Because it puts me out there to the biggest possible audience I have weekly. I still get people on the left and people that are in the middle saying, I just don't like what he's doing. I just wish he wouldn't say these things. You know, folks, I am not going to teach an old dog new tricks. You're not going to be able to do it with me. You're not going to be able to do it with him. And I don't want to change him because I've told people plenty of times, I don't have to like the man. I do. But that's besides the point. I have to like what he's doing. And I very much so do that. Listen, we've had presidents that are charming, come across so well-spoken, so calm and maybe reassuring. Until you keep hearing them time and time again and then their voices start to grate on you. I mean, the southern drawls of Carter and Clinton are nice. Obama sound reserved. You know what? I prefer the rough, to the point, matter of fact, straight at you. Strawberry blonde-haired President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, number 45. Now, I don't have time for guessing games. I don't think you do either. I am so grateful that we have him as our President of the United States of America, and he has my full support. I'm actually very grateful that Des Moines isn't going to have any straw poll or anything like that in these next election cycles for people trying to do a straw poll. They said Republican, our straw poll, uh-uh, none, not having it. Donald J. Trump is going to be the nominee in, Arizona, in, in Iowa for the Republican Party. Done deal. So, President Trump, you already won Iowa in the straw polls. Great. Next. I want to talk about somebody who stands up and takes a lot of the flack that's directed at the president. And who may that be? A uh, woman I saw this past weekend, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I'm not going to get too much into the details in the meeting where I was at, but I will tell you that we were at a dinner function at an event, and there were about 300 people there. And Mrs. Huckabee Sanders shows up, and the applause... If you could hear applause, it wasn't that it was as deafening as I've ever heard. But for the size of the room, I don't believe I've ever heard as warm of an applause. I mean, can you measure that? You must be able to because I could feel the energy of warmth. If there was ever an applause that said, we are giving you a hug. It was in that room. It was in that night. She handles herself so well, gets so attacked, so vilified by the media. 
the left-wing media, that it was a real pleasure to have her show up on her way home from the weekend to her kids to take the time to stop by our dinner and have us tell her how much we love her. Now, it was easy questions and answers there. She just had a good time. I had already proposed my question. I was going to say, you know, I know you've worked for uh, many presidential candidates and worked for a president. Uh, could you tell me who your favorite presidential candidate that is not named Donald J. Trump that you've worked for? Yeah, I know. I'm being a little bit smart aleck, folks. Her father, Mike Huckabee. But anyway, I was so grateful to see her and just good to see her. Good to see her and show her support. Saw a bunch of other people. Did not see Pelosi, who I mentioned. Did not see Clinton. Did not see Obama. Saw a bunch of good people. Anyway, I want to share at least one more if I have time. I have time. I've got a minute. Alexandria Ocasio-Ortez. She sent out a tweet this week, and this is hilarious, folks. Every once in a while, both sides get together on something. She may be a leftist, she may be stupid, but she doesn't trust the government. Most people don't. She sent out, check the sky for flying. I think she might have meant falling. <laughs> I, I say about her intelligence, folks, sorry. <laughs> but she said, Maybe she meant sky for the flying uh, of, of, of drones. I don't know. Anyway, she said, because Representative Meadows, much of the Freedom Caucus are in agreement on preventing total surveillance of Americans without their knowledge. Whether it's Amazon or the government, no one should be tracked without consent or warrant. Wow. Facial recognition technology. Anyway, that's all we have time for this week. I want to thank you all for listening in. God bless each and every one of you that has given all, that has served your families, and everybody here listening, and everybody in this great land, this greatest nation on God's green earth. Join us again next week for more national discussion with your host, Alex Molesky.